Welcome Spartans to Podcast Evolved, part of Evolved, your home for Halo. Podcast Evolved hosts original lore series and recaps monthly Halo news. Our current lore series is Infinite Impressions. I am your host Aaron and with me today we've got the elusive Oren. Hello, hello everyone. Elusive, yeah, I guess that's a little true at this point. Well, to be fair, you were on last week, but I was elusive last week, so you've done two in a row, that's... You know, honestly, I think this is the first two in a row in a couple of months, so almost a year. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll take it. We'll all get there. Someday we'll all assemble and manage to, like, have a full crew again. That's <laughs> Krista. Some, your duo and appearance just reminding you. Krista and I did an episode uh, this year. I think we did one in January. Me, her, and uh, David, I think. That is now the criteria for Evolve. Did we do a show this year? Yes, we did. <laughs> well, I have yet to do one this year, I think, with Krista, so I'll have to harass her into that. But anyway, we will uh, we will get on with this week's show. Shoutouts to Lucas, who was supposed to be here until he forgot he doesn't have his computer desk yet. Yeah, RIP. Uh, next week, Lucas. This week's episode, we're going to cover the Season 3 preview for Halo Infinite. So it is called Echoes Within. Before we get started, I will dive into the socials. So if you're new to the show, welcome. Evolved hosts a variety of shows. This is Podcast Evolved. You can check out our previous lore series, The Road to Infinite and the Character Dossiers. We also host a variety of other shows. We've got Mission Debrief, Builds with Blocks, HCS Pro Talk, Halo TV+, Halo Gear Guide, Halo Book Club and Halo Headlines. You can learn more about all of our shows by going to the website evolvedhalo.com. If you're already a fan, we would like to ask you to take a minute to leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. We greatly appreciate it. We would also like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons for their continued support. You guys help make everything we do possible. Yes, thank you guys so much. Yep, you continue to blow us away every so often. I get another new notification. I think I got one this week that we got a new patron, so like... Welcome. Honestly, every time, we love it. If you're not already subscribed and would like to become a patron, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Halo Evolved and there you will see all of the perks and benefits. We've got access to early episodes, unique swag, access to the soundtrack, access to the patron exclusive episodes for I Would Have Been Your Podcast, one of which we will be recording directly after this. You also get access to the Patreon Discord channel where you can drop suggestions for what you would like to hear on your exclusive podcast because it's not strictly Halo, so it can be about anything. Uh, some of the topic suggestions I've seen here are about anything. Favorite food involving cheese. <laughs> Was that is that a prompt? That is a prompt there, yeah. So uh, you can come and listen to all of them. I think we are going to have a... At some point, I'm just going to have a Star Trek episode with Ian. We're going to talk about that as well. So put your suggestions in, become a patron today, and you too might soon have an episode dedicated to whatever you want us to talk about. Finally, we encourage all of our listeners to support us through Audible. There you can get the growing collection of Halo novels all in one place, along with thousands of other novels, guided wellness programs, and more. Use the URL audibletrial.com forward slash podcast evolved to learn more and start your free trial today. And as is customary, I will give an audiobook suggestion. This month's audiobook was the, I believe it's the third Witcher novel, Blood of Elves. So I've just listened to that. Quite good. Uh, Witcher novels aren't bad. The first two, though, were deeply upsetting because someone did not tell the narration team that one of the characters' names was not pronounced Dandelion. 
<laughs> dandelion. They they pronounced it dandelion instead of dandelion, and it killed me the whole way through it. It's the same with the the third Gears of War novel just came to Audible, and I listened to it, and instead of pronouncing it key, like a key in a harbor, they pronounced it quay. Wow, dandelion cracks me up. Like, Dan Lillian just sounds so cool. Like, how do they not know? Yes, the you all know the famous bard dandelion. So, occasionally you can have an interest in audiobook lessons. That's always fun. Uh, I believe there may have been a few mispronunciations in the early Halo novels, but we've probably talked about it before. Yes, for sure. There's, there's definite, I think it just kind of naturally happens, like even to your best effort. I mean, there's, there's some weird words in there. Like even saying Healy names and locations, like I kind of make it up as I read it. Yep. Instead of like really trying to figure out how it is, but. I live in eternal fear of using the pronunciations in my head instead of the real ones, even to this day. The big, this biggest one is probably Majolnir versus Mjolnir. I think there was an audiobook in there that pronounced that one wrong. It's like, ugh, really? You too can become an audiobook fan and live all these fantastic experiences yourself. Right, next up we're going to do last week in Zeta Halo. Now, I have not played any Halo in a while. Don't say that. We're a Halo podcast. I know. Halo's not really helping me much here at the minute. The last thing I played was I restarted Red Dead 2. I took a notion to do that, so still in the early part of the game where they're leading you by the hand all the time. I forgot that that happens a lot. So I, I take it you've played Red Dead 2 before? Oh yes, I've played it twice, I think. So why why restart it? I haven't played. Like, is there is there benefits to kind of like in terms of questing or progression? to kind of restart or or did you just not want to do like any of the other side quests or whatever on your other characters there are a few side quests and stuff that i didn't come across in my original playthrough so i would like to track those down later in the game but also if you sort of go into the like the post credit game you're actually do you want a minor spoiler Oh, I don't mind. Okay. I'm I'm not going to play it. You start the game as uh, Arthur Morgan, but you finish the game as John Marston. It's the same thing as the first Red Dead, where you finish the game as a different character. And I like playing as Arthur more, so I thought I'd go back and like try and do the open world stuff before he dies. That's like the thing I want to do at the minute. And there's a few quests that you come across in the open world. And a few things I just generally didn't do before, so I thought... I just want to load back in, ride around the countryside, hunt some animals, look for things, and see how we get on. So it was just a sort of like a chill out th- thing. It was that, or I very nearly got back into Farming Simulator because the newest one's available in Game Pass, but I managed to dodge that sickness. <laughs> it has happened before, it will happen again, but I talked myself off that ledge and instead I just thought, I'm going to play some Red Dead, I'm going to ride around with my horse, it's going to be a good time. That's really all I've done. Apart from that, I'm just watching a bit of TV and generally being more of like an outside person, which is not like me at all. But uh, I was actually just watching episode three of Picard before we sat down to record this. So I have 10 minutes of that to watch when it's when we're finished here. Picard season three is quite good, I have to say. Is that the last one or is season four the last one? 
I think season three is the last one for this. I remember I remember seeing some advertisements that whatever the whatever the next season is is the last one. So if, if season three is the current one, then that's the last one. Yeah, I think yeah they got the band back together and it's like right, this is it. We've got all these guys out of retirement for one last hurrah. <laughs> yeah, hurrah. Yeah, exactly. It's some of the new Star Trek's hit and miss. They've pulled the pin on Discovery. I think season five's going to be its last season, and I haven't been overly enamored with it. They should have a new season of Strange New Worlds coming out, and it is very good Star Trek, I will say. So, like, some of their new stuff quite good, some of it not so good, but it's nice to be in, like, a time when Star Trek is sort of thriving again. Like, there's always Star Trek news, and there's stuff happening, and it's kind of like the opposite of Halo at the minute. Okay. But that's about it. What about yourself? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I I as well have not been playing Halo. I found this other game. It's it's a small little indie game by these up-and-coming developers called um, Destiny 2 Lightfall. Just came out uh, a few days ago this past week. Uh, I've, been, I've been diving into it. And boy, like, for those of you who play Destiny, whether you've played it a while ago or you play, like, on the regular... Like, I haven't really played since Beyond Light, and I didn't even finished that campaign. And, like, it's, like, a completely different game. Like, there's so many changes and things that you have to relearn everything. And there's the seasons, and there's the... Anyway, so I'm I'm kind of just getting through it. I was like, yeah, it's a new cool thing. There's, the, there's a bad guy, finally, um, that's, like, responsible for all the bad things that have been happening. Kind of like a Thanos type of equivalent and I'm like finally okay well now, now I'll play this campaign so then I can have some closure to what I started back in 2014 with the original Destiny and I've been in, I've been kind of enjoying it I mean I've been there's been a learning curve that I have to kind of go through I mean the, the, I think the expansion as a whole is getting a lot of flack uh, and criticisms I mean I, I think it's only okay I think the hard campaign is just stupid hard sometimes for no reason like it's not hard because it's like challenging it's just they just throw enemies at you and you just have to like zip around on your grapple hook equivalent and i'm i'm not really a fan of the new subclass cuz i don't know so anyway i'm just kind of like playing that i'm uh i'm on the last mission trying to beat that before the new week just so i can have some closure for the uh for the campaign but that's been that's been fun kind of getting back into it and and checking out what's new and the pursuit of grinding for whatever piece of gear or or light level or whatever like that's something that's kind of always appealed to me in destiny but like you know what perks roll on what gun or what mod to equip in your armor like all of that's just kind of like i don't i kind of don't want to deal with any of that but i kind of have to because it's part of the gameplay loop now and it makes me stronger and more resilient and all that nonsense so Shout out to Bungie and uh, and them on the on the launch of their latest expansion. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. Although I think I might play Halo tonight because I just realized that there's a the ultimate reward for this week is like a, a armor coating, which I kind of like. So I might check that out and get it before season three lands. But part of me kind of doesn't want to play because I really want to play more of season three, and I kind of want to get burnt out of like Halo ness. So we'll kind of see how I'm feeling after we do our recording today. But I'd say that's that's kind of where my my video game persona has been of late. Not too bad. It's uh, Destiny would be Halo adjacent, so we'll allow it. 
it's more Halo adjacent than Red Dead anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I I might have to dabble back into Destiny for a while. I saw a trailer and the space football was shooting things, and I thought, okay, I'm maybe here for this. I will say, not to like give too many spoilers, but like this Lightfall is not the last expansion. So like, if you're looking for full closure, I don't think you're gonna get it. Um, which is kind of what I was looking for. I didn't realize this, uh, but there's a the next year's expansion is called the Final Shape, and that's supposed to be the conclusion to the Light and Dark saga that that Bungie's been building to for the last ten years. So if you're okay with playing the campaign and not getting a full resolution, and then needing to kind of play throughout the year, then go ahead and jump in, or at least go in knowing that. But if you just wanted to like pop in, play a couple hours of the campaign, get your fix, and then move on, uh, or like expect to be kind of done, like that's that's probably not going to be the general consensus when you finish the campaign. You'll you'll be want left, or you'll be left wanting more. Is from what I hear on the internet, and that's kind of where I see it going. I mean, I'm on the last fight, and I can just assume after I overcome this encounter, I'll get a nice little fancy cutscene, and then it'll be like, okay, I gotta wait and see what happens next. I do kind of like half expect that from a live service game, so I suppose it makes sense, but we will see what happens with it. Maybe I'll just watch a YouTube video that sums up the story, I'll have to decide. But moving on from that, we will actually dive into the meat of this episode. Before we go there, we will talk about the last episode, just to remind everyone. On the last Infinite Impressions, I joined Steve and Nathan as we discussed Community Forge maps. Um, I think we had six we chatted about. I dropped the links into the episode description so you can pull those up and hopefully get them through Waypoint and then they'll appear in your Xbox and you can give them a go. They were quite fun. I'm looking forward to seeing just how creative the community gets with Forge, so we should hopefully make this a fairly regular occurrence to go through Forge and see what the the cream rising to the top is every month or two. Yeah, Forge is amazing for the community and like the the limits or you know the that people are able to push and expand on like is just always amazing. So yeah, huge shout out to the Forge community. People haven't been able to play with other people on some of the custom maps or any any of those things. Like definitely check out some videos. Like there's some really talented people out there. Absolutely. Yep. Go and give it a look. And uh, by the way, if you have any Forge things that you would like to suggest or drop in or recommend, either send us an email or you can, I believe, send us a message to the voicemail number or drop us a voicemail. Or get us in the Discord. Tweet at us, Discord, email. There's, there's plenty of ways to get in contact with us. It's a, the more people looking at Forge stuff, the better. But we will go on and talk about this week's uh, topic. So this is Season 3 Echoes Within. And Oren, you are our expert on Season 3, so you're going to take us through all the details. Yes. Yes, indeed. So this is our preview we're going to try to pump this episode out before the release or on the same date as the release, but if you're listening to this after March 7th, regardless of when we release to it, it's more or less available now. But uh, the next season of Halo Infinite comes Tuesday, March 7th, 
And with it brings a whole lot of um, new things, uh, new battle pass, new maps, new modes, some um, weapon and sandbox uh, adjustments. We get a new equipment piece. We get a new gun and all sorts of things in between. So I'll just kind of walk us through everything. Aaron, feel free to just kind of chime in with anything that sounds interesting for you. But uh, we have some general details. Like I said, launches Tuesday, March 7th. There seem to be some mild confusion on how long the season is, but most of the internet believes that it's going to last until Monday, June 19th, and then season four will start on June 20th. Someone did say that it was a week later to where like the end of the season would be on the 26th and season four would start on the 27th, but I couldn't really find a source on that. It's uh, it's looking like 343 is finally able to get into a more regular cadence of the season's duration to what they wanted to when Halo Infinite first launched. Because of course, we've been getting almost six month seasons with between season one, season two, and then our season 2.5 with the winter update. Because Halo Infinite came out just over a year ago, and we're only at season three. Um, so that's good for them that they're able to kind of get into the cadence, which means we get more content throughout the year. Uh, with all of that, if season four does pick up in June, we'll have a new 100 tier battle pass uh, like we had for season one and for season two. And it'll introduce a new armor core called the Mirage IIC, which is the SPI inspired armor. Uh, SPI is the semi powered infiltration armor that the Spartan threes uh, used when they were being deployed into different missions and, th- and such. And so this is a uh, Mjolnir variant of that as it's iterated over the last couple of um, you know years within the UNSC and all that kind of stuff in the other games. Uh, I know um, Alex Wakeford did a pretty cool cannon fodder a couple weeks or months ago uh, that kind of dove into the lore behind the SBI armor and the Mirage armor core that we're getting in Infinite. Uh, we covered it on one of those shows, so if you haven't checked that one out, go check out Halo Waypoint. I forget which cannon fodder it was, but it it was very interesting. Kind of told you the history about it. Uh, maybe we can cover that later in the month if people want to hear about that. Um, someone uh, posted a video, I think, during the um, HCS event last weekend of all of the rewards that we're getting. And so I took this from a Reddit post on the interwebs about the different rewards that we're going to go that are, that are included. So we have some premium currency uh, which you can get a total of a thousand credits by the end of the season. So then you can, or by the end of the battle pass, and then you can buy a next battle pass. Uh, there are 41 challenge swaps, 19 experience boosts, 15 armor, weapon, and vehicle emblems, five nameplates, three brack drops, three stances, eight helmets with six attachments, and five visors. There's six left shoulders, six right shoulders, and two different knee pads. We also have eight chests, four wrists, two gloves, two utility armor pieces, 24 weapon coatings, 12 armor coatings, two vehicle coatings, and then an armor effect, a kill effect, and a mythic effects set. Uh, So with a total of 186 total rewards, there's also seven bonus armor coating rewards that you can get just by purchasing the pass that they announced on the HCS uh, live stream. And uh, it's kind of a cool, like, silvery red type of armor coating that when you log in, you get it for all seven cores. 
that are currently in the game from past seasons and from this one. I like that. Need more stuff that just goes over everything because I'm I'm still rocking the Reach core. The Reach what? I'm still rocking the Reach core, so like I I need more paint jobs for it. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they 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 updated it to where the I think the visor color is accessible from for any helmet on any core because originally that was like locked to like different cores and it like just didn't really make sense. But like yeah, the armor core armor coding should just be enabled for everything like i would love to have some of the cool armor armor coatings that i have on my mark 7 to like be put on the fractures core because the fractures core is its own core and like most of the stuff you get from the from that battle pass like don't really give you a lot of options and you have to buy everything else and it's like well i already have these cool armor coatings that i've already earned or purchased or whatever like why can't i just throw it on a new armor core i all about making money, I guess. Yeah, I do think they need to dedicate like some graphic designers to taking the cores or taking the, the colors that are on individual cores and just been like, right, we need to like design. Like, I don't know how much work's involved in adding that to a different core. Maybe they need to test it and make sure it's right. But like, they should dedicate some people to that. There's not that many cores that are locked to each armor or they're not that many colors locked to each armor core they could do this pretty quickly and like just spread them out and then going forward just make sure they work everywhere like that should be i think something similar with accessories like a lot of accessories should be just deployable on everything i know like there's some limits but i think long term they maybe need to look at that yeah and and this was something that like came up when they first announced armor coatings versus like a color palette wheel or a color swatch selector for the customization. It's like, okay, I get I get what you're saying, but it, like we're we're gonna have to wait two plus years of just like buying or unlocking or whatever to where we do get the full customization that you're talking about. Like even now, like it's still pretty limited, uh, just because of what's available. But you know, yeah, down the line because Infinite's get, is supposedly a ten year game. Yeah, we're going to have a bunch of armor coatings by the end of 10 years, but, you know, what about right now? I think even if, like, they're not necessarily cross-compatible, they need, like, a pick-and-mix core and then design all of the pieces they can to fit together on that one core, even if it looks ridiculous. You need to be like, this is, like, the grotesque core and you can stick anything on it whether it's your fracture bits or your other bits, and it will look horrendous, but you can do it, because, like, that's half the fun in Destiny is like throwing bits of armor together. Like I know half the time I just put a coating over the top of it in Destiny and go like, it all looks like this and I don't care what's underneath the hood. But sometimes I just want to make a Frankenstein armor. That is a quick like fix to like Destiny because you're constantly, especially in, like the leveling up phase, you're mixing matching armor and, and you're just kind of getting your power level up and all that. But if you slap a shader on and make everything the same color palette, Nine times out of ten, it's going to look relatively okay because it all has some consistency. It just, it might look a little awkward if like one thing is too big or one thing's like very smooth, the other thing's kind of rugged, like, you know, that that does kind of get in the way. But like, generally speaking, if you throw a shader on all the armor, like everything looks pretty consistent. So moving along, so we have three events currently announced. Um, I don't know if these are the only events. Uh, Hopefully we have a few other events. But we, of course, have our third Fractures event 
called Firewall, which introduces the Chimera Armor Core. And week one will launch from March 21st to March 27th. And now because it's not a six-week, or sorry, it's not a um, six-month season, and in the past we've had like six weeks of Fractures event, I can see this Fractures event being like only four weeks or something like that. And we would likely get more uh, Fractures-specific challenges to then unlock the Fractures event pass uh, since we now have to do it in a condensed amount of time. So the big question will be, like, can you miss a week or do you have to log in at least once during that week and, and clean up a few challenges so then you can get all 30 things? Because I think, I think previously you could get 10 challenges and so you only needed to completely do three of the six weeks. So if there's still 30 tiers, but only four weeks, well, hopefully you can get at least 10, if not more of those challenges. So then, you know, maybe you can miss a week or only do like half of every week or something. And, you know, just for people who don't have the time to kind of go through the whole battle pass. It would be nice if they opted to maybe like unlocking 12 or 13 in a week just to, because of the the compressed time in the last weeks i would appreciate that yeah that would be that would be beneficial now there are two narrative events that have been announced one is called mindfall which is the first of the two which will launch day and date with season uh, 3 when it comes out so it'll start on march 7th and it'll go for 2 weeks to march 21st uh, we'll probably get a 10 tier battle pass or just event pass with that event and that story will continue into the second narrative event called sight unseen and that's s-i-t-e site uh so that's you know more of a location uh in terms of their uh, wordplay there that did not have a date but i would imagine if if it's a continuation story wise like it's probably something we get in may uh unless they bump it all the way to june but I kind of kind of have a hard time seeing that it would come in April and we get our two story events in March and April. And then we still have May and like at least half of August or half of June to get through before the next season. So Sight Unseen, I'm, I'm putting in as probably May. That's kind of my assumption, but we'll kind of see what that turns out to be. And then maybe there's another event or two here and there. We'll definitely have more Fractures Firewall events spread out throughout the season to kind of get those challenges and things like that. Uh, in terms of sandbox, uh, the new weapon we have is called the M392 Bandit, which is effectively a scopeless DMR. Uh, it's described to actually feel like the Halo 5 Guardian's pistol, which I think is very interesting. It's a, a five-shot kill and has heavy recoil. The, uh, the HCS uh, event in South Carolina had like a Season 3 showcase, and they showcased the, the two of the new maps, the bandit, as well as the shout screen, which I'll talk about in a minute, and uh, it was pretty cool looking at people play that. I I will definitely be a fan of the bandit. I already know because I thought I was going to be a fan of the commando, but because of the fully auto nature of it and the recoil involved, like I am actually pretty terrible with that gun. Um, I call it the assist rifle because I'll I'll use it and get damage, but just can't clean up a kill and. My teammates will have to do that, but I'm a big fan of the DMR from Halo 5, even Halo 4, and uh, definitely Halo Reach, so I hope to really enjoy the uh, the Bandit. I'll be taking this in the um, 
in the training simulator uh, or the armory, uh, you know, menu item, and uh, and then check in and out. It, it will be interesting to see how it's utilized in in BTB because it doesn't have a scope. So I think it's basically iron sights when you when you aim down, and uh, so I, that definitely limits the range when you compare that to the DMR because the DMR had that big old scope. It's kind of funny because like the DMR is the more close range weapon or the more long range weapon and the BR is the closer range one yet DMR is going to be the one with no scope. I am still excited though because I like you love the DMR. I'm also very glad I had my mic muted when you said the assist rifle because I let a snort out of me there that would have been annoying <laughs> to have to edit out. I'm not a big fan of the commando either but I, I am excited to get my hands in the DMR and play with it so... It's the one thing I've missed for a while. It is my rifle of choice. It's why I was always very annoyed in Warzone in Halo 5 that it was such a high-end weapon. It took me bloody ages to unlock the DMR card. I did not unlock the the DMR card until I was in the 70s of the uh, of the ranking system. It was ridiculous. It's not that high-end of a weapon. But I'm happy it's here. I'm glad they're adding more weapons because hopefully down the line they add more cool shit as well in future seasons. I'm here for more weapons in the sandbox. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I love more weapons and kind of, and even to, you know, kind of moving on to the shroud screen, like the shroud screen is going to really change the meta and the and gameplay of Halo Infinite because uh, it, it's effectively like a smoke screen is kind of how it's des- described. Um, it's a launchable spherical shroud that obstructs the line of sight and motion tracker. Players and vehicles can move and shoot through it. And it's like this big blue bubble shield. But what's different with the bubble shield is that like you can kind of still see through it. You can see who's in it. You can still see through it. It is a little obscured uh, and, a, and it deflects everything. This is kind of the opposite in both of counts where you can't see at all through it. Um, but you can shoot through it and throw grenades and all that kind of stuff. And so watching the HCS people or the, or the grassroots grassroots uh, players uh, playing this during the season three showcase, like it was interesting. Like they had like the oddball, they would drop a shield down, they'd hide inside of it. Players outside wouldn't know what was going on. You had bubbles on top of bubbles, and and like it really kind of messes with what you are used to see in the map and kind of like you know your sight lines and just overall information gathering when you're assessing a fight. Question. Because you might be able to answer me this about the Shroud. Is it a drop ability? It sits in one place or is it shoot and target like the motion tracker? Can I tag a vehicle with the Shroud or will it drop to the ground every time? So I don't know if you can tag a vehicle specifically, but it is a deployed like sh- like a projectile. So it's more uh, in line with the motion tracker as opposed to the drop shield. Whereas the drop shield, you drop it right where you are. The motion tracker, you shoot it out and it and it pings at a distance. So that's what the shroud shield will do. So if you're running, like say you're running towards the hill and and you know you, your buddies are on the hill and everyone's trying to storm it, you can you can project it over to the hill to kind of give your guys cover while you're crossing the ground or the enemy team's kind of coming and uh, use it in situations like that. Or say you're fighting and the enemy team is kind of far away and they're shooting at you, you can you can shoot it towards them and it will be an obstruction between you and them and then they won't have a sight line to shoot at you. So like different different kind of things like that. The play I have in mind, and I need to know when this works, we'll have to test it, is 
if the two of us go to capture the flag, can we shoot each other with our shroud and run in two different directions carrying the bubble around us so that the enemy can't tell who's got the flag? That's what I want to know. Suddenly it becomes the most amazing trolling ability I've ever thought of. Although once you start running, it would because because when you run with the flag, it does notify where you are. But if you are, but yeah, if we kind of like do a little huddle, we all shoot each other, pick up the flag, and then we disperse and run in different directions. Like that moment of confusion. Then yeah, it, it could definitely be some confusion. However, like if you think about it though, like if if a shroud screen is moving, then you know that whatever is moving is in the middle of the shroud screen because it's attached to it, whether it's a vehicle or a Spartan. But it does create a momentary sort of confusion, but you you could kind of counter it in a way because you can kind of line up your reticle to where you think the middle is. You create Halo Whack-A-Mole, like that's the way to do it. (laughs) I mean, that too, like even custom games-wise, like this would be a a huge thing for forgers and, and people to kind of just like create crazy and zany things with, so... It's definitely going to change some things, This the shroud screen. Then kind of general tuning that's coming to the sandbox. The, the Speaking of the commando, the time to kill has been increased from eight shots to nine shots. There was a, a kind of a minor tuning done during, the, during February last month where I, I don't remember exactly, but the commando received some, uh, some form of like like target acquisition or like bullet magnetism update to where it's a little bit easier to hit uh, the target. And I think because of that, they wanted to increase the amount of damage or rather decrease the amount of damage that it dealt. So it increased the time to kill needing you to get just one more shot. So that's, so it'll be eight shots to lower the shields and then one shot for a headshot um, is how I interpret that. Then second for tuning is that the plasma pistol received a little bit of a nerf and, and where the, the charge time has been increased from 1 second to 1.6 seconds. And they've also changed the tracking. So it's a little bit more predictable. And the kind of design philosophy around this is that if someone is getting shot with a charged plasma pistol, they want to try to give the defending Spartan a chance to kind of dodge it. And so they kind of tweaked the way it tracks that player and things like that. So uh, those are kind of the big things. There are a few other things they changed that, that actually is already in effect. Things like the grenade radius, footsteps, and, and things like that. And so there's, there's a few things. But generally speaking, the, uh, the weapon sandbox is kind of staying the same than what it was uh, before. Uh, so, okay, maps and modes. Uh, we have three new maps coming, technically four, but three coming at launch. The first is called Chasm, uh, which is an arena map, and uh, it's described as what you would get when you took boarding action from Halo CE and put some grapple shots. It's every bit of fun as it sounds, uh, which looks really cool. It looks kind of like Citadel from Halo 3, and it really looks like it was pulled directly from the second campaign mission of Halo Infinite. Uh, And they even talked about that in the blog, is that they kind of were playing around and playing co-op campaign in, on Foundation, the second mission, and it was like, this would be a really cool multiplayer map. And so they kind of took over some apps, assets, rebuilt everything, and, and that's what we got. And it looks pretty cool. Uh, it's a great map for the grapple shot. They talked it's really good for CTF because the, the, the flags aren't like opposite each other in the middle of the maps. They're opposite each other catty corner 
and like the corners. So it'll be interesting to see how this map plays like on the competitive level. But and they also said that it has one of the spiciest King of the Hill hill locations that Halo has ever seen, which to me kind of sounds like it's at the very top and there's like a tiny little platform and you'll probably have to stand up there and just get shot at trying to capture the hill. Uh, the second map that's in Arena is called Cliffhanger. It's set on an Oni Black site atop of a mountain, also featuring man cannons for maximum vertigo. They uh, they wanted a different visual look from Live Fire and Recharge in terms of Oni facilities, so that's kind of what they came out came with this as an exterior one on the side of a cliff. Uh, also kind of featured on a Forerunner-esque uh, location, seemingly Halo or Zeta Halo. Uh, and they specifically designed this map for zone control game types. Think like Strongholds, King of the Hill. I don't know if you would really classify, oh, I'm blanking on the name, the other zone one that's in BTB, but I don't know if you really want to do that. And um, Well, I guess there is a 4v4 variant. Uh, is, is that just called zone control? No, Territories. I think it's called Territories. Yeah, I think so. Also great for one flag CTF because it's an asymmetrical map, which is good because the current one flag ctf map that we have like a drift i think or something like that like is terrible or launch pad i don't know it's like it's it's bad it's it's not a great map i don't like it um then our third map is a big team battle map called oasis and it's a mosh pit of pure vehicular fun for btb and it's got a stunning cybox with a foreigner strip terraforming the desert environment around it and uh, and yeah this is a very very pretty map uh, it takes place in the desert on some halo ring, and yeah, there's like a terraforming triangle structure, and you have some kind of lush grass and sort of greenery emerging in the middle of the map, and then you have some bases, and yeah, it, it looks like a great, like, almost almost like a blood gulch, uh, not successor, but kind of like homage to, if you will, like spiritual successor, like sister map, if you will kind of being like on a cliffside in the desert and kind of like a canyon. Yeah, that's going to be exciting for CTF. Uh, they took some inspiration from Exile from Halo 4, which I was a big fan of that map. That was a really good map from Halo 4. Yeah, looking looking forward to that one. Then uh, we have uh, Plaza, which is, or not Plaza, but rather it's a F Plaza remake. Plaza is a Halo 5 Guardians map. And so they, 343, have remade it in Forge. And that map will be coming during Season 3, but not at launch. Uh, Unishek confirmed that in a tweet. Uh, I assume that will go in the Arena playlist, because it's a pretty competitive Arena map. Could make its way into Community Collection. I kind of don't really see it being in Community Collection, because 343 made it, and not the Community. But we'll see when that launches. Probably sometime April or May, would be my guess. The new mode that's coming is called Escalation Slayer. Uh, if you're familiar with this mode from Master Chief Collection, it's basically Halo's version of Gun Game, uh, which is in uh, a bunch of different first-person shooters. Players progress through a list of weapons and equipment loadouts as they score kills. With each elimination, you advance to a new weapon and new equipment, culminating to a final challenge to win, getting a kill with an oddball. Uh, so there'll be four variants of this. There'll be Team Escalation Slayer, Free For All Escalation Slayer, Big Team Battle, as well as Super Escalation Slayer, where Super Mode brings the special weapon variants and upgraded equipment from the Halo Infinite campaign, uh, which sounds crazy. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, for the Team Modes, whether it's Team 
big team battle or team like regular 4v4 you need five kills at your team's tier to then log or to advance to the next uh, tier or the next level and then you can de-level your opponents by meleeing them in the back so something to keep in mind i wrote out all the levels but i kind of don't really want to read them but it's like you know your grenade launcher your energy sword bulldog uh, battle rifle everything's kind of paired together you kind of get your unsc version and then your like covenant or banish version so you have you know you have the sniper rifle and you have the skewer and that's kind of like one level you have the battle rifle and you have the commando shock and the uh, stalker rifle so they kind of paired it so then if you're having trouble with like one type of gun you can use the other um, and then you can use the equipment to kind of help help you get the advantage over your opponents to then go to the oddball and with the oddball you get the shroud screen so it's uh makes from for some nice hidden hidden plays popping out and and whacking people three for three released a fancy graphic that outlines the playlists updates and what's to come uh in the month of march and so the permanent playlists that are probably still around right now is quick play big team battle ranked arena fiesta tactical slayer aka swat uh, team slayer and then the new community collection playlist that will be added uh, and then the rotational playlists they're going to have the new arena unlimited playlist which is only chasm and cliffhanger for the first week of the season a um, bunch of different modes and then the second week they'll do new btb unlimited which is only oasis so if you only want to check out the new maps you can log in for the first two weeks check out those playlists and get familiar with those maps of course you can also play them in training mode if you want to learn skill jumps and you know where things spawn and all that kind of things and uh, kind of go from there so that big team battle will be the second week from the 14th to the 20th then we have our core playlist that it rotate team snipers and lone wolves and then ranked you have survivors and doubles so those those playlists will rotate each week again they only showed us march i don't know if these two are just going to repeat throughout april and may or if there's going to be a new mode uh, we'll just kind of see uh, what's coming from there uh, in terms of the community collection playlist, uh, they say that they're gonna earn. You're gonna be able to earn XP. I don't know if that means like bonus XP or just saying that you can earn XP from playing in the community playlist, which should be the case. Like no matter what you're doing in multiplayer, you should earn experience. And they only showed th they showed four maps, but only three have been confirmed to be in the playlist. I hope there's more maps than just these three. But you have Starboard by Pone Jones, Perilous by Skilla. Sika Mincantio, Canico, and Who's Blaze. And then you have Salvation by Black Picture and Infinite Forges. And Salvation is actually a remake of the Damnation map from Halo Combat Evolved, which is also called Penance in the Halo Reach Anniversary map pack that uh, came out during Halo Reach's life lifespan. Um, that one looks pretty cool because it's really like banished themed, you know, whereas Damnation and Penance were very Covenant themed. Uh, they also showed Art's Room by Art Noob. But for whatever reason, they showed this map and it's not in the playlist. I don't really know why, but that's what they talked about on Twitter. And some people were like, WTF, like, why would you do that? <laughs> uh, and I kind of agree. Like, why show it if it's not going to be in the thing? It's a weird choice. Don't don't put it in there if you're not going to do it. Like you said, hopefully they're going to add a few more and maybe as the month goes on or as the season goes on, they can pick out more community stuff and get it polished up quickly and churned out yeah at, at the very least i think this playlist should be refreshed every season like if, if the seasons are staying to be about three months then like i think that's plenty of time to like find new maps tweak 
tweak really good ones within the community and and just do a, a big old refresh. You know, maybe they can do it more frequently than every season, but I, I think at least every season they, this should be like 100% refreshed. You know, if there's eight maps or whatever, then bring in a new eight for season four and just kind of highlight the community um, or maybe do a mid-season refresh. That way we get two waves of community maps per season. That That would be pretty cool as well. For you ranked players out there, the ranked experience will be updated. Uh, placement and matching, it will now be based on career service record or your CSR as opposed to the matchmaking rank or your MMR, which means that teams will be based on what you've accomplished in the system as opposed to an underlying skill rating. So kind of also put this in more simpler terms, your MMR is determined like how well you do each map that you play uh, or each match that you play kind of like over the course of your kind of career within that like playlist. Uh, whereas your career service record is like your overall placement or stats and stuff across everything that you do, whether it's BTB, whether it's casual or social or all that. I, I don't really know exactly like what led them to this decision, but I guess like in their community feedback and their playtesting like matches were getting too reliant on like the the only the matches that you played in that playlist then it kind of affected like your placements and how well you went up or how well you went down whereas if they just did you know if you play very you know if you play casually on social and you play super hardcore uh ranked and sometimes you win sometimes you lose then it'll just average all that together so then when they place you in your ranked matches it'll it'll be based off of that as opposed to just that specific playlist that you're playing in. At least that's how I am understanding it. If that's not how it's being implemented, then someone, so you can call me out and inform me. But based off of the article, that's that's what I was able to understand. In addition to that, placement matches needing to qualify for a rank at the beginning of a season has been reduced from ten matches to five, which I think is great because like ten matches is actually quite a bit of a grind just to get placed. Like I often like want to play like five, six or seven matches in a sitting. And then it's like, Oh, I still need three more to get placed. Then it's like, do I just want to knock them out right now? Or do I do that first thing when I log in like next week or something? So I'm a fan of that one. Uh, weapons that have been removed from rank arena are the mangler energy sword and the pulse carbine. And the following weapons have reduced ammo capacity in ranked arena. Uh, the heat wave, the stalker rifle, the bulldog and the shock rifle. Uh, and these these will all go into effect as well for the HCS Pro Circuit for year two. Um, these are you know the same settings for Ranked Arena and for Halo's uh, Championship sh Series as well. And I'm sure Josh and Will over at HCS Pro Talk have d d dove into these changes and their their kind of their uh, impressions and uh, critiques and and things on this is probably a little bit more accurate or worth listening to <laughs> than us. But yeah, so if you want to, if you want kind of more on the ranked side of things and the professional circuit of uh, Halo Infinite, you can listen to kind of their opinions on it as well. And they just got done with the event down in South Carolina for the first first event of year two of the HCS. So they have a lot of talk about, a lot to talk about, and a lot of content over there at HCS Pro Talk. Uh, and then kind of to wrap it up, I just have a few additional details that kind of didn't really fit anywhere else. Uh, but Alex Waitford, uh, you know, he does the blogs over at on Halo Waypoint. He interviewed Cliff Schuld, Donnie Taylor, and Kim Haynes. 
to discuss the development process behind the three multiplayer maps coming with Season 3. Uh, you can give it a read over on the Echoes Within Map and Modes preview blog post. I pulled some info from that blog post and from what they said, like, you know, what map was inspired by what, but they do go into, you know, more in depth of, like, the development process and, like, concept art and how the, you know, the different maps played and, and getting art and all that kind of stuff. So, like, that I left out because it was, it didn't really, it was kind of hard to put in, like, a digestible, you know, sound bit. Uh, but if you are interested in kind of that process and how these maps kind of came to be, go over and read that blog post. Um, it is pretty interesting. Uh, there's going to be more networking and desync improvements across multiplayer and co-op campaigns. So just kind of better stability issues or better stability for those issues that are currently in the game. Uh, back in September, 343 shared the following additions coming to Season 3 in a graphic, but there really hasn't been any update on them specifically except for one, which I'll talk about. But there's uh, custom game browser updates, in-game reporting, Forge beta improvements, uh, ray tracing in certain parts of the game. They did have the VIP game type uh, listed as coming in Season 3, but that has been confirmed to not be in Season 3 uh, and has been shifted to a later season. Um, I think Unishek uh, confirmed that on Twitch because someone asked about it. So we'll get VIP later. But Escalation Slayer should be a lot of fun in the meantime. Uh, and lastly, since it's March, which is uh, it's Women's History Month, uh, if you log into Halo Infinite, you can earn a Women's History Month emblem and nameplate for free. Just log in and get it. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's great that, you know, 3 for 3 showing their support uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, yay. Yay to Women's History. And that's, that's all I got, Aaron. That's probably the most Halloween news we've had in a while, to be honest. Oh yeah, a lot. There's a lot coming in this update. It it should be exciting. Yeah, no, I I like a lot of what you were talking about there. So, I'm I'm I might have to dive back in and play a little Halo for a while. Ugh, the chore. <laughs> Ugh, all he says on his Halo podcast, playing Halo. Have to go and play some Halo and see what I think of it. I could do with a reason to push me back into it for a bit. So maybe this will give me the kick i think the community stuff would be more what will draw me in in the long term i like the weird different things that usually come out of that so hopefully we'll get more interest and stuff there i'm excited yeah i i, I like that they seem to be getting down to the three month season the six months is too long it takes too long everything feels too long it needs to tighten up, and hopefully this is like a good start to that now. The content they're putting out in a much tighter time frame sounds appealing. Fingers crossed they get a handle on that. I don't know, overall, you excited for this season? I am. Like, I think it's great that we're getting new content. I mean, is this going to really pull me away, like, long term? Probably not. But I think, like... It's it's good that three four three is continuing to update the game. They're adding more customization, and it, and it gives me a reason to jump back in and play more Halo. I'm a firm believer that games don't need to control my like weekly gaming habits. I think it's perfectly fine to log in and play like one to two days of a game, and then put it away for a couple weeks or a couple months, and then come back and like play it again. Uh, and that's kind of like what I have with with Infinite. Like I basically come back whenever there's an event, and so I I log in, I I earn 
whatever challenges I need to do for the event and then I feel satisfied and I log off and then I'll play something else or I'll go back to work or whatever. So I think it's I think it's great that 3 for 3 is staying on their commitment to just continuing to work on the game and and will it will it keep me engaged for days and days and weeks and weeks? Probably not personally, but I do think there's a lot here to bring players back who have not played in a while and who are still fans of Halo and kind of want a little bit more new things to try out, new things to do, new things to earn. And uh, and I and I do think that like the shroud screen like I was listening to people like in the in the HCS sort of thing and they were like this is going to change the game and it was like very dramatic and 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 kind of hyper- hyperbolic but I was like thinking about it and I'm like I don't think it's going to change it maybe that drastically but I do think it's going to mix things up like you're going to be seeing pro players like if if you follow that or even just like in regular matches like people are going to throw down the shroud screen and it's going to make you think for a moment like like you said with the flag thing like it's going to you're going to hesitate and kind of be like okay how do I combat this now and and I think that I think it's cool to have moments like that to where you can you can mix things up and and keep the keep the gaming experience kind of fresh yeah and like it sets a good tone for going forward and if we get a new ability every month or every season and we get a new weapon every season like we could get some cool stuff out of this like I look forward to seeing by christmas time what three new abilities we have and what other weapons they bring in with like bring back the saw yeah or like the railgun like i i love the railgun i think that was such a fun weapon to use in multiplayer because if you were just off like you would miss but like when you when you land it like it's such a satisfying kill so yeah like i i think it's i think it's only only positive uh unless they do something you know game breaking but adding new content, refreshing things, new battle pass for people to earn, keep the game, you know, fresh, uh, I think is is a, is a win all around. And I think I think it's fine for people to log in, play a little bit of it, and then, you know, go play something else and come back. Like, or play, you know, three three weeks straight and just grind out that battle pass for whatever theory that you want. You know, that, that's fine too. I think that's really what you want out of your live service game. You need like a steady enough stream of content that you can dip in and out, but like you don't need enough stuff to play. I don't think you need to play Halo every waking minute. But if you decide that the next three weeks are your Halo weeks, like, yeah, go mad. And then you can go, right, I'll jump back in in June again, or maybe I'll jump back in in May when the next Fracture event comes out or whatever it is. So... I'm I'm excited. Hopefully this is the start of it picking up a bit because especially if we're going to be so quiet on the campaign and the story end of things, like if they can pick up the pace on the multiplayer end of things and get more stuff going there, it could make up for it some. If they can if they can stay to 3 3 3 and a half months to a season, that would be that'd be big for Halo, I think. If they can keep to that cuz like that's I think what destiny does destiny does four seasons a year so it's basically three months but they've like got it down to a science now and i'm not trying to use them as like the perfect example but like it works for that service and that game i think and so if they're able to commit three for three to more continual updates and kind of more content being drip feed drip drip fed into the game i think it's generally going to be more healthy for the community Six months is a long time. Yeah, six months is too long. I definitely agree there. 
Watch the space. Uh, I should hopefully get this episode out Monday night or Tuesday at the very latest. You can dive into Season 3 and see what you think of it and let us know. Fingers crossed then, it's only up from here. Well, it wouldn't be hard to go any lower, that's for sure. Fingers crossed, we're going to be positive, we're going to see what happens. Well, I think on that note then, we'll wrap it for this episode, because that's pretty much everything. Guys, thank you for joining us. You can check out every episode of all of our shows over on the website, EvolvedHalo.com. If you want to listen to everything all in one place, go and look for Halo Podcast Evolved in your podcast service of choice. Once again, special shout out to all of our patrons. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Evolve to learn more about becoming a patron today. And finally, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail about your thoughts on this episode or anything else that we've discussed, go to 205 Evolved. That's 205 386 5833. And with that, I have been your host, Aaron. And until next time, Evolved! Evolved! Evolved!